Support for this podcast is provided by Fountain. As the market leader in high-volume hiring, Fountain helps its customers find qualified candidates and move them from application to onboarding quicker, reducing time to hire from weeks to days, or even hours. Fountain's all-in-one platform not only simplifies the screening, interviewing and hiring experience, it also ensures applicants remain engaged and that companies have pipelines full of ready-to-work hourly talent. Hundreds of customers use Fountain Solutions to hire over 3 million workers annually in more than 75 countries. Ready to find the best hourly candidates for your needs? Visit www.fountain.com to learn more and get in touch. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 482 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The debate around the office versus remote versus hybrid looks set to run and run as employers continue to experiment with different strategies. Despite the enormous advantages of remote working, there are many challenges and gaps with some current approaches that need addressing as we move forward. So what are the key issues? How do employers address them? And what role should HR technology play? My guest this week is Saad Siddiqui, General Partner at Telstra Ventures, a VC firm with several HR technology investments. Saad has written extensively about the future of work and the advantages of a fluid workforce strategy. Hi Saad and welcome to the podcast. Thanks Matt. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Sure. Um, I am a partner at a venture capital firm called Telstra Ventures. And Telstra Ventures is a a global venture capital fund where we focus on investing in next generation technologies. And I spend a lot of my time on next generation HR tech um, and we've been doing a lot of really good work in uh, everything from helping folks identify the right talent to um, managing the hiring process to uh, benefits and a bunch of other stuff related to to that side as well. Fantastic. I mean, tell us some of the companies that you're working with. Yeah. So we have invested in a couple of really interesting companies. As an example, we invested in companies like Forage, which is our helping um place uh, new grads and interns to to companies uh, springboard which is around um, training and upscaling uh, existing employees or new employees um, certain around background checks uh, spec it around uh, employee onboarding uh, especially around sales uh, sales talent and Lively, which is around uh, the healthcare benefits, primarily focused in the United States. Fantastic stuff. I mean, so glad to have you on the show because there's so much stuff that we can, so much stuff that we can talk about. Before we sort of really get into work and HR and everything that's going on, be really interested in terms of your view on the hiring market at the moment. Obviously, we're in the middle of some sort of very high-profile layoffs in in tech. 
what's kind of actually happening? What does the world look like from your perspective? Yeah, that's a really good question, Matt. I think we've sort of gone from over the last decade, the power has was shifting more and more to the employee side, uh, particularly in the tech sector. The it was incredibly tough for employers to find the right talent, and um, compensation was uh, accelerating at a pretty fast pace. I think as I'm sort of seeing the market now over the last couple of months, it shifted pretty dramatically on the opposite end, where uh, we're seeing a lot of layoffs. We're seeing a lot of uh, people staying at the jobs that they're at. The quite quitting movement is still there, although I'm hearing a lot less about it than I did maybe um, earlier this year. Um, and we're also seeing people cut back jobs as well. So job openings are, are uh, getting reduced uh, within a bunch of different firms. So I think it's a, it's a really interesting time uh, because we've gone from a phase of massive growth and trying to identify how to keep culture as your companies are growing to now managing uh, employee morale as you sort of see uh, more layoffs sort of happen in the industry. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting shift uh, over the last couple of months, I guess. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about it is just how quickly things are changing in terms of the, the market demand and, and what's happening and all those sort of things. I guess I'm interested in your thoughts, though, on what's happening in the long term, because we've come out of the pan- pandemic and we've seen some fundamental shifts in the way that work happens, in the way that, that people work, in the way that companies think about talent. And they seem to be much longer term trends. Would, would, would you agree? Do you think that, um, you know, work has shifted for good despite, you know, some of the, the, the kind of the economic um, issues that are happening at the moment? Totally. I think um, we are believers in this concept of the fluid workforce. Uh, what fluid workforce to us, uh, w- what it means to us is allowing employees to do their best work in the best in the circumstances and the situations that fit their lives, right? So what that means is to us, nine to five is dead. Uh, people are working, sometimes they start early as they sort of think through how to kind of get their kids ready and stuff. And they may do a little bit of work before this, uh, wake the kids up for, for school. Uh, they may and work a bit earlier where they have to go pick up kids uh, or take care of elderly parents and then log back on later on in the evening. So I think that is an example of fluid fluidity um, that wasn't there before. In addition to that, we've seen a complete proliferation of where people uh, end up working, right? So there were there was a massive migration to uh, in the U.S. into states like Texas and Florida. And um, even on a global level, people started migrating to a bunch of different places, more tied to the lifestyle that they were looking for or uh, tied to family connections, right? So, and if you can sort of make that work, uh, people were taking advantage of that. So I think the hours... Uh, the way people work is all sort of shifting, but there's a lot of gaps today, right? Like, uh, like Zoom has been and other video conferencing 
conferencing systems have been super helpful, but we've also seen a gap uh, that needs to sort of be filled where people come to the office, which is sort of where our role sort of comes in, right? So we sort of spend some time trying to figure out like, hey, what are the pieces that are missing um, to allow people to do the best work in the way they want to live their lives? I think that's interesting because there's still so much debate about ways of working and what's happening and how is it, how it, how is it going to move forward. And you, you know, you, you mentioned there about people looking after elderly parents or taking their kids to and from school. Much has been made about the almost the kind of the generational divide in all of this that younger people, people entering the workforce, do they want to be in the office more? Are they missing out on mentoring? Have we really sort of filled that gap in terms of what the office used to, the role that the, you know, other roles that the office used to fulfill? I mean, tell us your thoughts around that. That's a really insightful question. Uh, Matt, I think what we've sort of seen is the younger generation actually wants to kind of go to the office more because if you kind of think about how they sort of like the younger generation meets people, um, they're typically in smaller apartments in bigger cities, right? And it is not the best place to be uh, if you're kind of cooped up in a small apartment in New York City working like working and living in the same place. So like and on a social basis, they're able to kind of go out and like actually make friends through work and stuff. And that's sort of like I think that that was a piece that was sort of missing and kind of putting a little bit of data behind it too uh, around your your comment around um, mentoring being missed and stuff like that about 60 or uh, north of 70 percent of uh, employees actually want some level of remote work uh, based off a uh, a McKinsey study and a a PwC study found that people believe that if you're not in the office um, your chances of getting promoted or pay raises are lower uh, if you're not in the office or or have some level some kind of face time so uh, what that means is people still have this desire to kind of build these connections on a uh, on a uh, like person to person basis. We're trying to remedy that using technology and mentoring is something that is sort of lagging uh, today, especially as new employees sort of come on board. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.winolo.com. 
com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I suppose the following on from that is culture. And, you know, you mentioned right at the start of the conversation that, you know, there, there, there were now, you know, in many companies, you know, it's kind of a morale issue in terms of, um, you know, keeping, keeping people, people engaged. What are the, the best employers doing in terms of building and promoting their culture, um, you know, in this, in this sort of world that we, that we, that we find ourselves in? Yeah. Um, so I think some, some of the best companies that, uh, some of the companies that I've been sort of engaged with, right? Like there's a very strong leadership at the top and a lot of the best cultures are built by companies that are very mission driven. Uh, they're looking to bring around a change in the world that doesn't exist today. I think that is, that is one really, uh, big driving sort of factor is like you people are seeing their friends getting laid off right they're seeing their colleagues getting laid off and it's not very kind of keeping culture in that sort of phase is not is tough and i think that's sort of where leadership comes into place that one uh trying to identify like what is the um what is the most important things that motivate people uh, around the mission of the company and sort of uh, making sure that those are right in the center and that the companies are better off kind of fulfilling that mission despite some of the challenges that the challenges those companies may be facing um, I think uh, yeah so I think that leadership has has a much bigger role in setting the culture now than it probably ever has and what would your advice to if we're talking about the fluid workforce there's also an aspect of that in terms of tenure and how people how people run their their careers and really think differently about the whole world of work what are some of the other trends that you're seeing and what would your advice be to employers in terms of how best to attract and and retain the best talent the way i sort of think about the mo- like it is really important to understand the motivations of either uh, a new employee or a new hire uh, or an existing employee. Uh, in my mind, there's a handful of things that people uh, people really care about. It could be around culture. Uh, people want to work with uh, people that they're friends with, and people are willing to sacrifice their monetary like compensation uh for uh, a good work environment the second one to me is around a craft making sure that people are set up to do the best work possible and becoming incredibly good at what they're doing some people are really passionate about like being the best ml engineer or being the best sales person right like that's something that just really motivates them and just making sure that you're kind of providing them with capabilities to be their best uh, in their chosen profession. Um, the third is compensation, right? So uh, people are have uh, monetary needs and they're sort of like, sometimes they do base um, their jobs based off of that. So kind of keeping that in mind as well. And um, yeah, so I think those are uh, some of the 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 really big sort of factors that people sort of think through when they're sort of like thinking about like either going to a company 
or staying within a company is like, and every time someone kind of says like, Hey, here's a little bit more money if you stay longer or that sort of sometimes misses the point. If you're kind of looking for some, a place where you can be friends with people, or if you are um, looking to be the best person in your chosen craft. Right. So just kind of making sure like what is the the thing that sort of really motivates the employees is is very critical and making sure that that sort of front front and center rather than giving them more compensation to either join your company or stay just sort of shifting the conversation to the the role of technology and i suppose before we get into that i've got a question about the hr tech market for you over the last sort of few years we've seen this record level of investment, you know, almost gravity-defying investment in HR technology. Do you think that's something that's going to continue over the next two or three years? Yeah, I think we have seen, yeah, like to your point, we've seen a tremendous amount of dollars being invested in HR tech. I think right now what is really important is HR leaders are being inundated by by new technology and uh, they have to sort of make decisions on what is the thing that sort of delivers the most ROI. Like it is not, if something is 10% better or 10% cheaper, that just doesn't cut it unfortunately anymore. Uh, People are looking for a hard ROI. Like how is this, this solution going to help me uh, improve my workforce? Um, And to me um, the way I sort of think about, HR technology and what the places it's sort of having an impact is everything around sourcing talent, everything around selecting talent, onboarding, uh, and retention. Uh, and then over time, as people transition out of the business, managing those, those transitions and using, we've sort of seen innovations in all of these segments. And I think Using technologies like artificial intelligence, using technologies like data analytics, people are getting smarter um, around each of these segments. The investment in these areas will continue to, like, as what we're also seeing is the existing platforms are extending their reach into a lot of these other segments so that they they're sort of the the one-stop shop uh for each of these components within the hr stack so what we're going to probably start seeing a bit more is either consolidation or uh people extending their platforms or products into other areas as well and those actually as those are the times where platform businesses uh, are made right. So, do we see a new workday over time? Um, so stuff like that. That sort of is is really exciting uh, right now in the HR tech space. And how should employers be thinking about technology and how it can help them? Because, as you say, they're inundated by different solutions and different ways of working. And I know that there's a huge amount of confusion out there about the best way forward, about the best technologies to apply to some of the challenges that we've been talking about. What would your advice to employers be? To be honest, it's very hard because every company has its own stage, right? So in some companies, it is going to be really important to sort of understand or managing layoffs. That is one of the most important things that a company may be going through. The second is um, kind of like trying to understand like how to manage remote work, right? The third could be around um, assessing how well, how productive their workforce is. 
So I think it is, uh, I guess uh, I wish I had like a, a one solution to sort of solve everyone's problems. But unfortunately, it is pretty bespoke in terms of like the challenges that you're sort of facing. I think at the end of the day, the thing that sort of rises above everything else is having a clear vision and purpose of what you're trying to get accomplished and using technology to enhance or accelerate uh, the, the change or uh, efficiencies that you're trying to gain, right? So I think uh, technologies can be, uh, they're not a, necessarily a solution. They're sort of like uh, a tool that can be used for a solution. So as a final question, you talked about things becoming more of a platform play and we've talked about some of the the sort of the aspects and the the problems of the future of of work that still need to be solved i suppose by way of summary i'd be interested to get your views on what the future might look like so if we were having this conversation again in two or three years time what would we be talking about yeah i think what we would be talking about is Generally, uh, recessions take a little bit of time. We'd be sort of coming out of a recession at that point in time. We will be talking about, hopefully, that we've solved remote work in different capacities, right? Remote or hybrid work. We've sort of uh, built systems that allow for collaboration. Um, having conferencing services is great, but th- like we need to sort of be able to build culture in a remote setting or hybrid setting. Uh, we need to be able to build infrastructure that allows for people to work not just within a specific time zone, but on a global basis. I think those are some of the things that we would be talking about. And then also kind of making sure that uh, the, the folks that we hire are the best people for the jobs that we're looking for um, is, is going to be critical. Um, I think it is really important to understand the, the world is... Uh, is finally open where you can find the best talent on a global basis rather than on, on a geographic basis. So I think, or like geographic restraint, you can now hire talent in, uh, if you're a startup in, in, in San Francisco, you can now hire talent in Brazil, uh, where we're seeing a lot of really interesting talent come out from a technology perspective. Um, I think those are the things that Things that sort of make that easier uh, is is going to be is going to really sh- shape how we sort of think through work over the next coming years and maybe a decade or so. Sad, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate the time. My thanks to Saad. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us there by searching for Recruiting Future and on TikTok, where you can find us by searching for Recruiting Future Pod. You can search through all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the Recruiting Future Feast monthly newsletter and the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.